good? Awesome, awesome. Well, hey, I am yet again going to do another introduction to our West Caucasian series. Quickly going to go over what we've done in the last four weeks as a little tie-in as Pastor Dave's going to come up and talk about our fifth week. But we started out in our West Caucasian uh, series. Uh, in order to start something, we need a foundation. We decided we wanted to talk foundations. And then when we talked foundations, we moved on. We started talking about the heart. Then we talked about the soul. And when you have a solid foundation, a good heart, good mind, will, and emotions, then you are able to have relationships. So last week we talked about relationships. But this week we're going to be moving into one of the most important relationships that we can have as believers, as Christ. And that's our relationship with each other, the church. Uh, and so this morning, Pastor Dave's going to be talking about the church. But I just want to remind you, our West Caucasian booklet, we are like almost out of them back at the life group table in the uh, foyer out there. So if you don't have one, make sure you run out there real quick, go grab one of the six remaining, come back in. We can take notes. Let's have those. We didn't have those as well. Um, but yeah, be taking notes. And uh, there's a daily devotional in there as well. And if you have not signed up for the life group yet, I know there's only two more weeks left of this series, but sign up for a life group, get connected with that life group, and then continue on with that life group uh, after our series. So, with that being said, Pastor Dave. Yeah. Thank you, Pastor Dennis and worship team. It's good to be in the house of God. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. Week five. So in your booklet, if you want to turn to page 36, there's a space there for you to take notes today. I encourage you to take notes. Again, the emphasis, I want to encourage you to be a part of one of the life groups. There are sign-up sheets out in the foyer, even though there are simply two weeks remaining on, the, on this series, Let's Talk Basics. These two weeks are equally as important as the preceding four weeks, and they really do bring things to somewhat of a conclusion. And so to be engaged in conversation around the table with other brothers and sisters from our fellowship would be very, very rich. So we want to encourage you in that way. Well, our theme verse for this series, Let's Talk Basics, has been Matthew chapter 6 and verse 33. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all of these things shall be added unto you. Seek first the kingdom of God. We also have had Deuteronomy chapter 6 and verse 5. That you should love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. And also Leviticus chapter 19 and verse 18 that inspires us to love our neighbor as ourselves. So, Pastor Matt mentioned we talked last week about relationships and that interaction between each other members of the body of Christ connected, but not only within the fellowship, but also outside. You know that the scripture calls us to live with wisdom towards those who are on the outside. Our lives are witnesses. They're testifying to the one to whom we belong. Our love one for another, that's our they will know that we are followers of Christ by our love one for another. So we are witnesses to those who are on the outside. And the wisdom there is that we would figure this love thing out, right? How many of you have discovered that figuring love out with your brother or sister is not always a bed of roses, is it? No, it can be difficult. It can be difficult. But thanks be to God, he's enabled us to have patience with one another, and patience with ourselves. Hallelujah. Today, we're going to talk about the body of Christ very specifically. And really what I would consider four, uh, four ingredients associated with our mission as well. So it'll all come together in just a moment. I... Uh, I'd like to hold as our text for today, you can open your Bibles to Acts chapter 2. In Acts chapter 2, we'll be looking very specifically at verses 42 through 47. And as you're turning there, I just, I want us to be mindful of Matthew chapter 13. 
Matthew chapter 13 is a magnanimous chapter in the first of the Gospels in the New Testament. Matthew 13 has seven parables relating to the kingdom of God. So our scriptures teach first the kingdom of God. Matthew chapter 13 should be very apropos for us. There are two parables of those seven that are very descriptive of God's love and passion for the church. One of those is a great treasure. A great treasure. A man saw a field and the field had in it a great treasure. He found the treasure and he went and sold everything. Listen, he sold everything to purchase the land so that he might receive the treasure in it. be that if a man found the treasure and pulled the treasure out of the ground first, the treasure would be the possession of the owner of the land. So he didn't pull the treasure out. Some implications here. Rather, he went and sold everything that he might purchase the land to obtain the treasure in it. The field is the world. The man is Jesus. And the treasure is you. It's you. It's you and me. The church. We are his purchased possession. He loved us so much he emptied heaven purchased the field, the world. He redeemed the world and he redeemed the whole world to gain the church, those whose faith would be in him. when he found the pearl of great price, sold everything that he might obtain the pearl. Jesus is the pearl. You are the pearl. The church is the pearl. If, if I had one desire today, one desire, you see, Another theme verse that we have had is in Matthew chapter 6 and verse 21. You remember this one? Where it says, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Jesus modeled that for us. Where his treasure is, there his heart. He saw the value in the treasure, so he purchased the field to gain the treasure. Jesus' heart is in the church. He said it this way, where two or three are gathered in my name, there I will be also. I like to ask the question, how many church services has Jesus missed? Zero. Zero. Where two or three are gathered, there he is in their midst. His treasure is the church. My desire today would be that we would treasure what Jesus has. We would place value in that which Jesus Christ places value in. The church. Look at your neighbor and say, I value Jesus. Go on, you can look around and look at some other neighbors and say, hey, I value you. Sometimes our emotion will catch up with our words. 
Finding treasure in his great treasure. Since God's purpose concerning man is to seek and to save that which is lost, to be worshipped by man, to build a body of believers in the image of the Son, and to demonstrate his love and his compassion toward all the world. Priority of our fellowship, priority of your participation in our fellowship, is to build the body. So that makes it worth it. And our prayer is that it would not just be in word, but in deed, in view, that it would be that I finally get with this person. That's what we need. And it's not just our church, right? It's the church. The church. In its expression. Oh, and all of its expressiveness from way over here to way over here to way out there to way back here to way and way up there. Wherever the expression of the body of Christ is that we would be involved. That's what we need. Not as a building. We came to be for the good news of the gospel so that they may be born again having their sins forgiven. Stop yourself around that for a minute. Your sin is forgiven. Because when you're regained, if you're saved today because of Jesus Christ, your name is written in God's book and you are destined for heaven. Come on. of who they are, who they are, who they are. Okay, so let's look at four ingredients. The first century church gathered together in worship. Let me read the text, and then we'll we'll come back to this. Acts chapter 2, verses 42 through 46. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship in the breaking of bread, and in prayers. Then fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Now all who believed were together, and had all things in common, and sold their possessions and goods, and divided them among all, as anyone had need. So continuing daily with one, a, with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added comfort daily to those who were saved. Father, in the next few moments as we look at these Four ingredients, if you will, of early church. Our prayer today is, Lord, that our treasure would be your treasure, vice versa, that your treasure would be our treasure. What you treasure would be that which we treasure. The body of Christ. The church. So, Lord, help us to be about you. In Jesus' name, amen. The four ingredients of the early church. The text says every day they continued to meet in the temple courts. The first century church gathered together in worship. Now, make sure your understanding of worship is not just when I sing songs on Sunday morning, right? That's 30 minutes of worship itself. Congregationally, it's marvelous and beautiful, and we love it, and it's very emotive. In fact, if you appreciate worship and the worship of hillsides, Let's just thank those guys for what they do for us. Yeah, it's amazing. Praise God. And I will tell you, this this old football coach kind of guy, I get real emotive. I find myself like standing on the sidelines wanting to jump up and down like we just scored a touchdown. I mean, this, I absolutely love worship. But that half hour in my 
68 hours of a week is a very small percentage of the worst life. And it's a small percentage of your worst life. They gathered together in worship, and they gathered together daily in the temple courts. Hillside seeks to be a corporate body. A corporate representation. We are the body of Christ at Hillside. In the book of Acts, they called it the Church of God at Antioch. We are the Church of God at Hillside in Clackamas. We seek to be a corporate body in which every man, every man, woman, and child by way of reminding me, the Apostle Paul said to the church in Rome, we quote this regularly, we should almost have it memorized, Romans chapter 12 and verse 1, the Apostle Paul says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you offer your lives as living sacrifices, holy and acceptable to the Lord, for this is your says, this is your spiritual sacrifice. Your worship, your reasonable service, offering your lives as a living sacrifice. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 13 and 14, and before the morning is over, we will read likely the entirety of 1 Corinthians 12. So I leave it to you. But in relationship to the corporate body, the scripture says in verses 13 and 14, for by one spirit we were all baptized into one body. How many bodies? One body. So the body of Christ expressed in many different fellowships, one body. Whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and have all been made to drink into one spirit. For in fact, the body is not whole lot of examples. Thanks be to God. First Peter chapter 2 and verse 5 says it this way. You also as living stones look at your neighbor and say, you're a living stone. Some of you look at each other and you say, you're a living dirt clod. <laughs> Boulder. You also as living stones are being built a spiritual house. A holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices. Hmm. What are those spiritual sacrifices? Our lives wholly and solely in worship to the Lord. Spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Now they're through Christ and what Christ accomplished upon the cross of Calvary. So thanks be to God for what Jesus has done. So the first century church, they gathered regularly for worship of all I wish that we also would exercise worship collectively, individually, essential moments of every day. Seven days a week, 365 days a year. Worship. So the first century church gathered together. Secondly, the first century church gathered together in fellowship. Woohoo! That was your opportunity. They gathered together in fellowship. Woohoo! supposed to actually enjoy getting together and have fun in a matter of speaking. I mean, it's not all fun. There's a lot going on. But that we would be a place of celebration and connection and worship. The scripture says in Acts chapter 2, all the believers were gathered or were together and had, every, had everything in common. Every day they continued to meet together in temple courts. They broke bread in their 
and eat together with glad and sincere hearts. That is filled with much boastfulness. I mean, just the statement of being boastful. We're supposed to be not only in what we say and our nonverbal communication with one another, but what we're really thinking and doing. You know, sometimes in the church, we pretend. Have you seen that before? Anybody ever, when you take the mask off, you kind of go, oh, oh. Now, hey, beauty is in the oh inside because guess what? You probably have one too. And so why not build a demeanor that we can really love one another with a sincerity of heart? That's a big deal. And I'm thankful that our church is pretty transparent. Pretty transparent. But there's work to be done. Can I get an amen? And so if you if you may have a measure of disingenuousness the challenge for each one of us is to find it in us to be boastful. Boy, Hillside seeks to be a fellowship of believers who demonstrate God's love and compassion for one another, their community, and the world. We demonstrate God's love and compassion. Doing life together phrase that I hear a lot these days. Who do you do life with? Who do you do life with? We do life with each other right here. And we should be doing life together in many ways. Romans 12 verses 10 through 18. Listen to these words. Powerful charges and inspiration and encouragement and exhortation to you and me. Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love. Kindly affectionate. I love you, man. Give a hug. Embrace. The warmth of fellowship, koinonia, deep heart, felt fellowship. In honor, giving preference to one another. Not looking out for numero uno, but maybe looking out for others first, right? Not lagging in diligence. Hello. Not being complacent. Not being apathetic. Not saying, well, that's for the other guy. No, that's for you and that's for me. Not lagging in diligence. Fervent in spirit. Hey, are you eager to love the brethren? Are you eager to love your brothers? Are you eager to love the members in your own home? Because love is made manifest in others first and serving serving the Lord. When we do that, we are serving the Lord. We are offering our lives as living sacrifices. When we put others first, we are sacrificing self. Does that make sense? And how powerful that can be. Rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulations, continuing steadfastly in prayer, distributing to the needs of the saints, given to hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Did you recognize that persecution is a fact in the fellowship? In the body of believers, there can be persecution. It happens. It ought not happen, but it does happen. We should be able to identify and help people overcome that. Sometimes we cloak persecution in criticism. Sometimes we cloak it in sharing prayer requests, where we just get to share the face-to-face with someone else and say, hey, brother, Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Be of the same mind toward one another. Do not set your mind on high 
things but associate the humble. Do not be wise in your own opinion. Repay no evil for evil. Have regard for good things in the sight of all men. If it is possible, as much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men. As much as is dependent upon you, be earnest, I beg. Galatians chapter 2. This thought of taking care of one another. So doing life together is taking care of one another. Galatians chapter 2 says this. They desired only that we should remember the poor. Paul says the very thing I was eager to do. Remembering the poor. The reason our fellowship serves with Backpack Buddies, for all of you who are involved with the Backpack Buddies, thank you. Thank you for serving. Every single week we do 90 bags that contain two meals minimally, which translates to 180 meals, and we do that for nine months every single week to touch kids, to touch families in the community. Every single month we have a community dinner. This past Friday night we had a community dinner. There were about 40 guests, 35 to 40 guests, that received a home-cooked meal. We had a whole raft of hillside families just loving on folks in our community. Just loving on them. It's beautiful if you've not been a part. Make plans starting in September of 2017. Three months away. Start making plans now. I'm going to be a part of that. It's amazing. We have an outreach dinner that we do once a month on a Wednesday night over in Portland. Portland. Touching lives those that are marginalized in their living, we have the opportunity to invite. It's why we do what we do. We go down on the streets of Portland one Saturday a month, passing out as many as 100 meals. We've been doing that for 13 years, Charlie and Linda, right? 13 years. We've been doing this longer than you. But our fellowship has been doing it from the onset for 13 years, every single month, 100-plus meals, loving on people. Believers having to take in souls, both in and out. Do you know that many of these families, I can tell you many of the families at Wichita's, they're like, in some cases, priests without a church. They don't have home church. Our fellowship has become their church when they go to church. Just how important it is to be fellowship, taking care of one another. Galatians 6.10, doing good to and for one another. It says this, therefore, as we have opportunity. <laughs> you might underline that in your Bible. Just flip over to Galatians chapter 6 and verse 10. It says, as we have opportunity. We could take time to define what that looks like. You could take time just to listen to the Spirit of God in you reveal the opportunities that we have day in and day out. As we have opportunity, let us do good to all, hey, especially to those who are in the household of faith. Especially to our brothers and sisters in the Lord. Verse 9. James 1.27, loving each other today visit orphans and widows in their trouble and keep oneself from lawlessness. Let's take the time now. Will you, if you have your finger in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, we'll read beginning in verse 12. 1 Corinthians 12, beginning in verse 12. This is really referencing the body of Christ. And Paul uses the metaphor, if you will, the allegory of the human body being made up of many parts but one whole. He says, For as the body is one and has many members, but all the members of that body being many are one body, so also is Christ. For by one spirit you were baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and have all been made to drink into one spirit. For in 
the body is not one member but many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? I mean, imagine for a moment, just let's just say for a moment, imagine if your ear said, oh, I'm not an eye. I guess I'm not part of the body. Is your ear any less part of your body than it was before its statement? You still have your ear. In other words, you belong. Don't discount who you are. You can't say, because I'm not like them, I must not belong. Every single person here is critical mass. Critical mass. You are unique. You are an individual, and you are the individual that God is making you, and you belong in the house of God. Come on. Praise God. If the whole body were an eye, where would be the hearing? If the whole were hearing, where would be the smelling? But now God has set the members, each one of them. You can write your name right there. Each one of them. That's you. That's me. Each one of them in the body, just as he pleased. Do you you get that? It was God's good pleasure to place you where he placed you in the body of Christ. Don't diminish what God has done. Let's be diligent to become all that God wants us to become as members of the body. And if they were all one member, where would the body be? But now indeed there are many members yet one body. And the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. Nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. No, much rather those members of the body which seem to be weaker are necessary. Hello. His name's Jesus. And he's the head. And everybody else is right there. Right? Remember, not many of you were noble. Not many of you were mighty. Not many of you were of wisdom when God called you. The Spirit of God just puts it right in plain speaking. You weren't very smart. You weren't very strong. And you're not coming from nobility. We're all sinners. Remember when the great banquet was prepared and the host said, it's ready. Go get those who were invited. They said, well, they have all made excuses and they're not coming. And he says, well, go to the lame, the maimed, the blind, and the sick. He says, well, we've done that. Well, we've done that part. That's you and me because we're already in. We are we are the lame, the maimed, the blind, and the sick. Look at your neighbor and say, man, you're lame. <laughs> the lame, the maimed, the blind, and the sick. Then he said, hey, but there's still room. There's still room. Go to the highways and the hedges and compel them to come in. Unpresentable parts have greater modesty, but our presentable parts have no need. But God considers the body having given greater honor 
equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of the faith. And we all come to the knowledge of the Son of God. Unity of the faith. And we devote ourselves to the apostles' teaching so that we can all be equipped for the work of ministry. And until we all come to the unity of faith, if there's a disagreement in the faith, either one is right and the other is wrong, or they're both wrong. Can't both be right. Kingdom cannot be divided against itself. It cannot stand. And so it's time to seek unity in the body of Christ. To a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men and the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. Speaking the truth in love, we may grow up in all things into him who is the body, us, joined and knit together by every joint supplies according to the effective working by which every part does its share. By what? Which every part does its share. Hey, that means there's a ministry and an assignment for each one of us. Praise God. Causes growth of the body to the edifying of itself. Ephesians 2 and verse 20. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. We are his workmanship. Thanks be to God. Which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Those good works God has established ahead of time that you and I would walk in them. Chapter 14 of 1 Corinthians, if you just turned over one page to the right, if you will. Edification. The reason to pursue these things is for the edification of the church. The reason to pursue the diversities of gifts and the differences of activities is for the edification of the church. Verse 12 says this, Even so you, since you are zealous for spiritual gifts, since you're zealous for those pneumatikos, those spiritual, since you're desirous for them and zealous, let it be for the edification of the church that you seek to excel. You get that? Not for selfish gain, but for the edification of the church. Hey, no question. Prayer, no question. Discipleship. Finally, fourthly, evangelism. First century church gathered together in, are you ready for this word? Evangelship. Three words. I coined it this past week. Evangelship. Uh, we have discipleship, we have fellowship, and uh, we have evangelism. The scripture says in Acts chapter 2, verse 47, our text, and the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. The Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Hillside seeks to be an agency of God for evangelizing the world. An agency. But this is not a secret agency. We're not a secret agency. We, we, we are a public agency, if you will. Luke chapter 2, in verse 49. This is Jesus at 12 years old. You remember that his parents had come to Jerusalem for the Passover time, and Jesus is 12. It's his first opportunity to be in the temple court area. And when all was said and done, the whole entourage was on their way back to their hometown. And along the journey, they're realizing, wait, where is Jesus? He's not with us. Mary and Joseph kind of start getting a little bit of a panic, like, where, where, where is Jesus? Where is he? And so they, amongst their relatives, couldn't find him. They hustle back to the city. They search in the city high and low, three days. Finally, they find him in the temple courts, and he's confounding the doctors of the law, the lawyers, the Pharisees. He's confounding them. His brother, we don't get the expressiveness of the text. But you moms, when 
your 12-year-old has been missing for three days, but you could probably put yourself there. When she saw Jesus, I get this image, because I know what it's like to have not known where my kids are. And like I'm in a worry state, and like, oh, where are they? Where are they? As soon as I see him, worry turns to anger. <laughs> I mean, it's a flash of, it's like a twinkling of an eye. It goes from concern to, <laughs> I mean, the whole, my, my eyebrows do something funny, right? I mean, it just changes. And I can just imagine Mary, and I don't want to put something into it, but I can just imagine, like, Jesus, where have you been? Are you kidding me? Why would you do this to your father and mother? And Jesus responds, did you not know I must be about my father's business? I must be about my father's business. What is my father's business? Jesus said in the story of Zechariah, Zacchaeus, not Zechariah, Zacchaeus, Luke chapter 19. After Zacchaeus stands up in this meal at his house, it says, if I've done anything to be extortion, I will pay fourfold. Jesus makes a declaration and says, this man is truly a son of Abraham. Salvation has come to this house today. Salvation. The Pharisees had some things to say to Jesus. And he said, Son of man, let me help you. Speak first. That's my father's business. Our assignment is more that which we power over the things of this world. And we Jerusalem, we would define our Jerusalem as North Clackamas. North Clackamas is our Jerusalem. And we are to be a witness of Jesus, collectively and individually. And individually. Where you go, you represent Christ. Where you go, you represent us as representing Christ. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Ambassador is never off duty. Are you with me? There are no timeouts in God's kingdom. There are no half times. No retirements, no Christ's ambassadors always represent Our mission is to go. Just to go. Go and make disciples and to speak and to observe all of the He says this, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the age. Go, therefore, make disciples. Do you realize that's our individual assignment and our assignment collectively to make disciples? That also is very measurable in your life and in mine and in ours. Our team that is in 
be able to answer that yourself. Are you becoming a disciple of Christ? Hopefully you are in this setting. Hopefully you are being inspired to be engaged in the Word of God, to grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ, to study the Scripture, to study the Word of God. Are you also engaging others and inspiring others to do the same? Your part individually. To love people around you in the Lord. To encourage them. To speak to them about the things of God. I love how the Great Commission is given by our brother Mark in his Gospel. Mark chapter 16, verse 15. He says it this way, Go into all the world and preach the Gospel to every creature. If ever there was like, what does that mean? It means, listen, everyone. Every, when I was in college, we took it literally. We went preaching the park lot, and we, some nights there were just bugs and trees. So we said, well, Mark told us to preach to every creature, so I'm just going to keep preaching. We've communicated. But the truth is, we didn't know who might have been listening. We didn't know. You don't know who might be listening to the way you live your life. You may be the only Bible that someone on the outside ever reads. Evangelist Trip is the first invite you to join us in the future. The church, God's plan for the Gentile believer. We are grafted into what is known as spiritual Israel. It is within the body of Christ where all parts are necessary and make up the whole. Where the mission given by Jesus to us is our life. It's the life of every member. Where the gifts and the ministries and the operations are expressed. We should encourage each other in that. Encourage each other. The kingdom of God is sought. And its principles are taught and lived, observed by all of us. Others first, servant of all, Jesus Christ. Principles. Treasure is measured by heart. question I would leave with us today. Is Jesus' treasure also your treasure? Is the church, the body of Christ, where Jesus sold everything personally, are we sold out for that Jesus treasure? I'm turning it over to the worship team and Pastor Dennis. I want to encourage you, and I want us to challenge you to be fully engaged in that Jesus treasure. Amen? Amen. Pastor Dennis, will you lead us in this song? And Pastor Dennis will close us in a word of prayer in just a moment.